Hello and welcome to Conf Tea with USC. I am your host, Brian Young, and I am joined today by my co-host, Brian Boyd. Hello. And Joey D. How's it going, guys? Doing great. How about you? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for asking. Just a reminder that the thoughts and opinions expressed on this show are ours alone and do not necessarily represent the views of Cisco or their affiliates. While we are systems engineers employed by Cisco, recommendations and suggestions made on this show should not be considered as replacements for Cisco TAC or Cisco Certified Partners advice. Please consult with these resources before making any major changes to your environment. Well, guys, we have an exciting episode planned for today. We're going to be talking about intent-based networking, which has been pretty hot in Cisco's wheelhouse lately. Lots of marketing around it. Um, Today, we're going to be discussing what is intent-based networking. We're going to talk about some of the key points about it and really just kind of give an overview on what it is and why it's an important investment for Cisco's future. So intent-based networking, the, the high level of it is to capture the business intent of the network, translate those into policies, and then the last piece is to check for that integrity to make sure that those policies are being applied in the way that is intended. So to give you an example, let's say you want to host a, you want to host a telepresence video call, right? What are some of the key concerns you would have with doing a video call over a network? Yeah, you would have your traditional packet loss, latency, delay, right? Uh, your so typical things, voice and video issues. So things like QoS would be something that you'd want to make sure is set correctly, right? So any QoS implementation is going to be unique to the environment, but it can take up to fourteen hundred lines of code in CLI to actually properly implement QoS for this type of uh, this type of scenario, right? Absolutely, end to end, it's it's going to take a lot of CLI. So doing that across your network, prepping your entire network for a possible telepresence call, it doesn't seem very efficient. So this is where the intent-based networking piece comes in, where instead of having to implement this across the board and dedicate all these resources to services that are running on the switch, maybe that are looking for this type of traffic, et cetera, with the intent-based networking piece, we can go ahead and the system on the fly can automatically put in QoS for the ports that are in use during the time that that call is in place and then tear it back down afterwards. So how do we do that then? Because you just mentioned, you know, on a single switch, you're implementing 1,400 lines of code for QoS. So how is this intent-based networking any different? So we do this by using a single point of management known as Cisco DNA Center as a point where you can define your intent and then the system can therefore go ahead and push that code to the devices that, that need it. So, Joe, what is Cisco DNA Center? Cisco DNA Center is the command and control center for the entire network to take that business intent, translate it into device-level configuration, and then actually assure that policy is being carried across the network and to verify the integrity of that intent. So just to, just to recap that, we have the capability of writing these templates, basically, for the intent. The second phase would be the automation of those policies being pushed to that hardware. And then the last piece would be the assurance or the double checking to make sure that the intent is actually being followed. Is that, is that correct? Yep, that's 100% correct. So let's work backwards then. Let's, let's talk about the, insur- the assurance piece uh, because I think there's a lot of cool, cool tools in, in the assurance piece that, that we could find very useful. And I'm going to pick on you, Boyd, because you came from Cisco Tech you know all about troubleshooting Cisco switches. 
Absolutely, and I do want to clarify that the Cisco DNA Center appliance is a physical appliance, and you manage all of this through a GUI. So traditionally, management and troubleshooting is going to be done through a CLI. And I can tell you from my TAC days that when someone calls in with some sort of performance issue, uh, your first step is generally going to be to do something like a packet walk, where you start at the beginning of the network, you trace a packet through where they're complaining about performance, mm -hmm. and you try to see where it's getting dropped by checking, you know, you know, show CDP and the MAC address table, and piecing that together. Um, as you can imagine, you're logging into sometimes like five or six different devices. You're you're checking the MAC address table of each of them. It can take a lot of a lot of time to check, you know, drops on the interfaces, where the MAC is getting dropped, and then figuring out why. So when you transition this to a GUI. Um, I've heard a lot of complaints that, you know, this isn't the way it's traditionally done. And I'm used to doing it through a CLI, so how is this going to be done? It actually makes life a lot easier because you can see the entire campus network through this portal, through this dashboard, and it pinpoints exactly where everything is getting dropped. Not only that, you can actually see historical data as well. So let's say someone calls in the middle of the night and you didn't get a chance to check it. You can go back in time and see what was causing the performance issue and why. That's a good point because I can't tell you, and Joe, I'm sure you had the same issue coming from the customer side as well, where we'll get notified, the help desk will get notified of an issue way after it's happened, right? I, I love the, the complaints that I would get from users. Oh, my wireless hasn't been working all day, just as they're walking out the door. It's like, why didn't you tell me that when you had the problem? I can't troubleshoot it now. There's, there's no tools available for me to walk back to what you were doing unless I'm capturing all my packets all the time along with all of that data. So so does Cisco DNA Center help augment that and, and, and allow that for that capability of keeping an eye on the traffic all the time? I mean, are we, are we, are we capturing all the packets and recording them like a, like a syslog or a sim? Or what, are we, what are we doing in order to, to gather that information in a historical way? So it absolutely is collecting that data. Um, it's not doing a packet capture necessarily, but it is capturing the metadata. Okay. And the reason that it's a, an appliance and not a virtual machine or something with a smaller footprint is so it can do exactly that, capture and store that data. So you can go back in time and, and check. Maybe you're having a performance issue that only hits at 1 a.m. in the morning every night. Right. That can be a nightmare to troubleshoot. With Cisco DNA Center, because you have this historical data, it can be a lot easier. So you brought up another topic of having to do a, a packet walkthrough, right? You have to do CDP, you have to do show ARP, you have to go through all these commands and all these switches to try to figure out what port is connected to what switch and goes over here and connects to this client and this access point on this channel at this time. This is a nightmare to try to catalog through normal CLI processes and through legacy methods of drawing Visio diagrams, right? I, I've, always, I've always made the argument that as soon as you make a Visio diagram of your network, it's outdated. It's, it's, something has changed already. With Cisco DNA Center, we don't longer need that. We can get a live picture, a live view of the network as it stands at that moment in time and also historically within Cisco DNA Center to help us move along that path much faster. Yeah, that's a great point because if you're doing troubleshooting correctly and you're, you're doing a very thorough job like you should be, uh, your first step is actually going to be getting all of that information. Uh, an overview of the topology, which ports are connected to which, which right. device is having the issue. And like you mentioned, you know, that stuff can be outdated within a couple of days. Right. Cisco DNA Center is going to be constantly updated with that information, so you never have to worry about those first few steps of troubleshooting again. 
working in tech, I'm sure the, one of the first things you needed to know was the topology of a customer's network when they called in. And I'm sure anything they had was never up to date. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we'd always ask them, hey, do you have a topology? And they'd pull up some Visio diagram from two years ago. And <laughs> it was no help. You ended up spending the first few hours just getting a lay of the land before you really dove into anything. And redrawing that diagram for them for free. Well, I didn't give it to them, but <laughs> it was it on, on my notepad. He kept it on file, I'm sure. One of the main components of Cisco DNA Center is assurance, which is to continuously verify your entire network topology, any changes that have been made, as well as any uh, potential security vulnerabilities. Um, so that's where it's going to be a living topology of your network. At any time you need to access or share with TAC, you can go in and do that. And one of the other pieces is guided remediation, which is based off that 30 years of TAC that we touched on before. So if you identify an issue, it's going to provide you a list of steps to take to actually try to remediate the issue. And this is everything from a path trace, which is the packet walk that we talked about before, to connectivity issues. Um, and then obviously at the end of that, if it's not resolved, then you could do further troubleshooting or contact TAC for support. So not only is it going to pinpoint issues for you, it's going to help you to resolve them. Nice. So you actually helped develop this then in, in some weird way then, Boyd, huh? Yeah, I want to be clear that I did not actually help, but <laughs> hopefully some of my TAC cases contributed to this. Good, good. They, they got a hold of your notebook, I'm sure. Yeah, and that's the great thing about Cisco DNA Center is to take a proactive approach for more as, you know, instead of the traditional reactive. Which is important. I talk to my customers about this all the time. What we want to do as a company across, and this isn't just intent-based networking, it's a big piece of it for sure. But across the rest of our portfolio, too, is to enable our customers to stop having to chase problems all the time and give them the time and resources back so that they can be proactive with new projects, with new endeavors, to be able to focus on moving the company forward from a technology standpoint instead of constantly fighting fires and trying to teach people how to right-click again for the 400th time. One of the things we can do at Cisco DNA Center, and this actually is a great segue into our next topic, one of the concerns that you can have with a traditional network is you have ACLs in place, and you can have a very long list of ACLs where this IP address cannot talk to this subnet unless it's through this port or protocol, et cetera, et cetera. When you need to make a change to that VLAN, let's say you need to make that VLAN bigger, right? Because you, you have more clients on the network than you expected. All your ACLs have to almost be rebuilt, and you have to do this switch by switch by switch. That becomes not only a huge uh, use of your time and resources, but it also becomes a security vulnerability because what happens if you forget a switch? What happens if you fat figure something and now instead of blocking a single IP address, you're blocking an entire subnet? Or even worse, you've allowed it in. If, you're, if you don't want subnet A to talk to client B and you forget that, you forget that rule, you, for, you forget that line, or you, for, you fat finger the, the subnet size, you, have no, you are no longer applying your intent anymore. If your intent was to block that network, you're no longer applying that intent. And that's where the intent-based networking piece comes in. So let's switch gears and go over to the automation piece and how Cisco DNA Center can actually automate that process for you. Joe, you have uh, a couple points you wanted to touch on on that? So the whole point of automation within Cisco DNA Center is to reduce the time and complexity involved with taking that intent and implementing that network-wide. You want to be able to efficiently deploy, manage, and then obviously assure that intent across the network. 
So a couple of the major components within automation are things like plug and play, which gives the ability to drop ship devices to remote sites, have someone non-technical plug it in, auto discover the plug and play server or Cisco DNA center, and then have the configuration pushed down to it. I mean, how much time within traditional deployments are you spent with staging, storage, shipping, travel costs? Um, Cisco DNA Center kind of helps wipe that all away. The last two major parts of Cisco DNA Center automation is the SWIM or software image management and then the application policy. So the software image management is pretty much an image repository on Cisco DNA Center. Um, it allows you to have consistency across your network for specific softwares. You could deploy Cisco Golden Images, which are Cisco recommended software releases and ensure that all of your devices are using that. And it will also give you alerts on any PCIR or compliance issues that have recently been released and send you an alert to let you know about that. So this is a little bit more than just image staging and, and pushing to hardware. This is kind of that on steroids. Exactly. And uh, speaking from experience, it's a lot easier to push software from a single point than go device by device and try to do the image management from that. Right, right. And you can schedule these within the image management, right? You can you can schedule like these this batch for off hours. Exactly, yeah. It's not like you have to say, okay, we're upgrading everything at this moment. Obviously, that would take your entire network offline. Oh, come on. Let's just do it. You can, it's you it's can... called plug and pray, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some devices want to, or some companies want to do that. But uh, yeah, you can, you can schedule it or you can do one at a time, however you feel comfortable doing it. Okay. And it also allows you to push out the SMU updates for the new open iOS XE. So, you know, your traditional image upgrade, you'd have to require a reboot of the switch. Mm -hmm. Whereas now with open iOS, you could actually do a patch. So if there's a Cisco vulnerability that's been discovered, you can just push out a patch. And instead of rebooting the switch, just upgrade that specific section. That's nice. I like that. So what can we do on automation in, in the QoS realm? Yeah, that's a great question, Brian. Um, And that's where application policies come in. So your traditional QoS, you have to go configure service policies, and it's a lot more complex, whereas now it's broken down into three separate categories. Uh, You'll have business-relevant traffic, business-irrelevant traffic, and then a default section. You pretty much go in there, sort your applications and specific traffic out by type, and then you could deploy a full QoS policy via that policy that you've just created. That sounds a lot easier than trying to de- deploy 1,400 lines of code per switch. Now, do you have the ability to create additional QoS classes just in case you wanted to put voice traffic even above business relevant? Yeah, and that's a great point. So within Cisco DNA Center, obviously it recognizes all the NBAR2 library, which is, I think, 1,400 different applications. Mm-hmm. But if you have a custom in-house one, you could specify that class as well. Very nice. So if you have a custom house-built application that runs over a particular protocol that you want to give higher business relevance than, let's say, Facebook traffic, you can go ahead and do that. Yep, exactly. Very cool. That definitely makes QoS a lot easier to manage. Okay, so looking at this as a crawl, walk, run scenario, right? We've talked about Cisco DNA Center and how we can go ahead and implement the capabilities of, of doing... We talked about Cisco DNA Center and how we can use the assurance tools to do basic troubleshooting. We can do the automation tool to push out these policies. But there's a little bit more to that, right? We're not just deploying this onto standard network topologies, right? We're, we're not, we have to do it a little bit differently. So this is where the campus fabric discussion comes in. And this is not something that has to be implemented right away. Uh, but 
if you want to do the things that we've been talking about with the automation with being able to set your business classes and your QoS policies, you're going to want to have your system running on Campus Fabric. So, so the Campus Fabric is an overlay on top of your existing network. So by using an overlay on top of the existing hardware, I'm not so much worried about things like IP addresses anymore, right? Traditionally, if I wanted to make sure that a sudden didn't talk to a client, I would have to put those ACL rules in place that I mentioned earlier, and that's how you would block that traffic. Problem is, that client hops on another VLAN, that VLAN expands, we don't include that subnet in the newly defined VLAN, or that client goes from one building in the campus to another, those rules no longer apply. With a campus fabric, it's an overlay really on top of a layer two network, and I don't care about IP addresses anymore. When I go from building to building, I can maintain the same IP address if I want. The intent there is that I'm on the guest virtual network, or I'm on the secure endpoint virtual network. Different from a VLAN, this is a virtual network. I can assign any number of subnets I want to it. I don't care about the IP address anymore. Campus Fabric is just going, using an overlay on top of a layer two network, it just simplifies network management, right? You don't have to worry about VLANs. You don't have to worry about ACLs. You don't have to worry about mobility. You get device mobility out of the thing where I can walk from one building to another maintain my same IP address, stay in the same virtual network, and have the same policies applied to me, as well as maintaining assurance that everything that I want to work on, the intent the intent that I want is going to ma- be maintained. Exactly, yeah. It's, just, it's constantly thinking for you. It makes management easier. It makes uh, implementing policies so much simpler. Overall, it gives the end user a better experience. So, Brian, all of this sounds fantastic. You know, you're getting to a place where you can manage everything from a GUI, but most of our networking teams are used to CLIs, you know, and to be quite honest, it sounds like a huge number of steps we need to go through in order to get here. Mm -hmm. So, is there a situation maybe where we can take it easy and and ease into Campus Fabric and, and start into our journey? You're right, Brian. This sounds great in a greenfield opportunity where we've got a brand new building, brand new campus, and we just buy all this brand new hardware, we got a brand new appliance, and yeah, let's let's turn up Campus Fabric. But 99.5% of our customers are not in that scenario. So you bring up a great point. We have to be able to kind of crawl, walk, run into this. And we kind of went through that in the organization of how we presented this uh, topic today. You can go ahead and set up Cisco DNA Center and ingest the existing hardware you have today and do things like basic assurance, packet walkthroughs. Some of the capabilities that you would get with, let's say, Cisco Prime, where we're looking at, you know, switch uptime, switch health, image management, troubleshooting. You can do that now in like a read-only mode on the Cisco DNA Center with the existing hardware that you have today. Read-only is a great way of putting it because Cisco DNA Center can see all of the devices. It gets all of that telemetry from them, and it mm-hmm. can even do basic management that's non-disruptive, like um, plug-and-play at those remote sites like Joe was talking about, and the image management as well. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So you don't need to do a complete flash cut of your network over to a campus fabric and to be managed by Cisco DNA Center. You can take a phased approach, you know, do it device or site-by-site, and mm-hmm. slowly roll it out. So it sounds like step one is getting on supported hardware. So what do, what type of hardware are we looking at that's currently supported by Cisco DNA Center? 
So the flagship of this is going to be the new Catalyst 9000 series, mm -hmm. but we did take it one generation back. So you'll see things like the ASR 1Ks, the uh, Cisco Catalyst 3000s, the ISR 4Ks, and we even have the Nexus 7Ks in there for people using that in their uh, campus core. Yeah, okay. and we actually have a compatibility matrix that we'll post in the link so you guys could check it out. So getting on supported hardware, and then the next step would be to set up those assurance capabilities, doing those troubleshooting, packet walkthrough, wireless troubleshooting. Exactly. Yeah, so that'll be like the read-only mode we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And then stage three is going to be moving to read-write. And that would be the capability of pushing those policies, the automation piece we talked about today, and going ahead and actually implementing those intents. Exactly, and that's the point where you turn management over to the GUI. So mm -hmm. you have some time between you know stage one and two to going to stage three to get used to Cisco DNA Center and get used to all of the policies, the management tools, things like that, before you really turn it over and commit fully to um, Campus Fabric. Now, the most recent addition to the intent-based networking or Cisco DNA Center is going to be the platform module. Joe, did you want to touch on that? Yeah, of course. So with your traditional networking, you have, you know, your device-by-device -device management. Nothing was programmable, um, and that led to, you know, patchy network security flaws and just issues across your network. So Platform introduces open APIs to Cisco DNA Center. So off the bat, it has about 165 built-in APIs. Wow. And this could be anything from integration with your existing IP address management, integration with ServiceNow, um, and as we talked about before, to take a more proactive approach. So if a user's having issues connecting to the network, maybe you have it set to open up a ticket with ServiceNow and go to your level one help desk, and then you could escalate it from there. Cisco in general has been taking a more open approach and integrating APIs into a lot more of our products. So it's great to see that they're doing this with the Cisco DNA Center and the intent-based networking, which really is the future of our access-based networking across the campus. Thanks, guys, for your time today. Before we wrap it up, any final thoughts, Joe? Yeah, just had two quick things. Um, one is you can go to the Cisco website and check out these CVDs, which are the Cisco validated designs. We have quite a few of those from uh, for the intent-based networking field. And the second part is you could reach out to your local SC, and we actually offer SDA POVs where you could actually take intent-based networking and play around with it, deploy it across part of your network, and see how you like it. That's a great point. Definitely, if you want more information on any of the topics that we discussed today, or in really in any episode please reach out to your Cisco account team and they can dive a little bit deeper. Brian, any final thoughts for you? All set on my end. Great. Well, thank you for listening to ConfT with your SC. If you like the show, please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues and giving us a rating on iTunes as it does help spread the word. Show notes for this episode can be found on our website at conft.show. That's C-O-N-F-T dot S-H-O-W. Until next time, stay safe out there and don't forget to save that config. Music.